0: Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. And the title today is, Are You Salty? Are You Salty? Matthew 5, 13. That's... That's all we're going to get through today. It's got a lot there. But we've been doing the Beatitudes, the Beatitudes who are supposed to be in Jesus Christ. We're actually in the book of Mark, but whenever there's a parallel passage, we jump over. So we've jumped over to Matthew 5 through 7 because we're in actually Mark chapter 3. It's all a parallel passage here. And we've been doing the Beatitudes on who we're supposed to be, but now he moves from the Beatitudes, Jesus moves from that in the Sermon on the Mount to what to do. We already know who we are, and now we're how to live in light of who we are in Jesus Christ. He already focused us on the nine steps to a close relationship to God. Once again, you get this tape, CDs, podcasts, all that if you missed that. But, but now he moves to how to live in light of who we are in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> in this passage, we're going to look at Matthew 5, 13 today, next week, 14 to 16, salt and light. Salt and light is the focus here. And this is vital for our country, for the United States today. Our country's survival depends on this. Everybody understands what hap- is happening to our country, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian. Obviously, our country's in a lot of trouble, a lot of changes. And, and a, but it really depends on the church and Christians and us in a dark decadent society we can stand out even more and we can really make a difference the danger though is in this time of society is we become like the world and we don't make the difference we're not salt and light we don't do what we're supposed to be doing that's the danger you've probably met, i've used this story before about the boiling frog and, and this is what happens to a lot of christians if you take a frog and you put it in the really hot water what does it do jumps out right don't do this at home but anyway the uh, but if you take a frog and you put it in lukewarm water room temperature and you set it in there it doesn't jump and you can turn up that heat little by little by little by little by little bit and guess what it does cooks doesn't get out cuz it gets used to it and it cooks the frog will cook it will not get out of the out of the water once again, don't do this at home. But uh, the uh, but that that's what ha- that's what happens it happens to many many people, many Christians in our society. We just get cooked. It just happens a little at a time, and and they don't notice. We don't notice that the standard is being changed, and that our standards are being changed, and that we're becoming like the world instead of more like Jesus Christ. We become more like the world. A lot of you know I was a youth pastor for ten years, and I remember I was at a youth retreat, and it was a winter retreat, and we had one of those. Uh, handball. It was a handball court and on the handball court we had volleyball set up. We call it walleyball and you'd have this big giant volleyball type thing and they'd play down there. <clears throat> but it also had a basketball court hoop set up. And what you do is you'd wind it down to where you wanted to play and then you'd wind it back up when you're done. And get it out of the way of volleyball or wall ball. And I remember I was Sitting up at the top, near where the crank was one time, I was watching my kids all play basketball during the retreat. And they're all playing and going at it. And I had some really good basketball players. Were really, you know, they were really hot shots down there playing. And, and I was watching, it and I just cranked the crank a little bit. It was at 10 feet. I just cranked it up a little bit, so it came up. Nobody knows They just kept playing. So I did a little bit more. Just kept playing. Did a little more. I cranked it up like four feet. They did not notice because I just kept doing it gradually. And all of a sudden, they were having trouble hitting the bottom of the rim. And it was, wait, I couldn't believe it. And finally, I yelled, wait, time out. Guys, do you notice anything different? No? I go, look how high the hoop is. Goes, oh, that's why we couldn't make it. I had cranked it way up. They did not notice. They just kept playing basketball like it was. It. But that's because I did it so gradually. And that's what happens in a society. It gradually gets darker darker and, and, and worse and worse. And, and we get we fall into the world. We become like the world. That's the danger. Let's pray before we look at Matthew 5.13. Father, we thank you for bringing us all here through the snow, through the parking, through probably a lot worse in some of our lives, a lot of stresses and crises and trials, struggles. But we pray that we thank you for the worship that's helped us focus on Christ this morning and pray for your word now to speak to our hearts, helping us get closer to Jesus and, and be like Christ the way you want us to be. We pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so Matthew five thirteen. We just finished the Beatitudes. We had a lot of fun in there, didn't we? Uh, but he says, verse 13, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the salt of the earth. That's, that's us. The Greek word for you, and, and the Greek is emphatic. That's an emphasis. It's Think of in terms, when, when you hear this emphatic use of the Greek here, think of in terms of a basketball game. And remember back, a couple years back, when someone would get, they would foul somebody, and the ref would blow the whistle and say, you're foul. And the, the person always said, what, me? And the whole crowd would do what? You, 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 right? That's, remember that? They don't do that much anymore, but you, 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 right? That's what they did. And that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, he's saying. He after he finishes this nice sermon on the, the Beatitudes, he turns to his disciples and said, you are the salt of the earth. Right in their face. Really emphasizes it. It's, keep that in mind, because he's talking to us. We, we, all right? Salt was also very, very valuable. Soldiers, the Roman soldiers that were occupying... Israel at this time, Palestine, were actually paid with salt. That's how valuable it was. And I believe that's where you get the word salary from. Anybody uh, know word studies? I believe salary comes from the word salt. That's where the basis of it is, right? And so salt is also a symbol of purity. Keep this in mind, too. It's a symbol of purity. Because when they would boil the water, they didn't have... You know, companies that made the salt and, and did it, or mined for it, they would actually boil the water, and what was left was this pure white substance. It was a sign of purity. It was, a, it was used as a, a symbol of purity in Jesus' time. Now, salt accomplishes several things, and this is what we're going to get to here. It accomplishes several things in our life. We, we use it to accomplish several things that have something to say to us as Christians. Go on. Let's name a couple of them, then I'll go into detail on them. What, what does the salt do? Preserve. Preserves, big one, yep. Flavor. Flavor. Good minerals, yep. Preserves. Preserves. Mel-sized. Healing, Mel-sized. what? Melts ice, yes. I heard another one. We got, we got most of them, right? You get the idea. All right, so it, it does a lot of things. I'll start with the melting. Now, I don't know if Jesus had this in mind because I don't know how cold it was uh, you know, at that time in Palestine. But now that we have snow, I think this one really applies to us. It melts ice. It, with snow and ice out there, it's amazing it hit this week, right? This morning, my driveway was covered with ice. I went out and I took the shovel. I couldn't, Iron couldn't do anything to this ice. But I took salt and I spread it all around on my driveway and sidewalk. And didn't do anything, but I'll bet by the time I get home, something's going to happen. What will have happened? What caused it to happen? The sun. The sun hits the salt. Salt, if you put it out at night, it doesn't do anything. The sun hits the salt, and it causes the ice to melt. That's what happens. There was a Roman saying in Jesus' time that there's nothing more useful than sun and salt. Hmm. Uh, it, and it's the same way as the way are we the way we are living should melt cold hearts. It should touch people with the love of Jesus Christ and melt those cold hearts. I, I've thought of a Christmas and too far back. Uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. You know the animated Christmas is coming to town. And remember the Winter Warlock who had the icy heart. You know and and uh, and what melted his heart? Chris Kringle gave him a gift. And in, in that act of love, melted his icy heart and he became a different person. Well, we're not dealing with, hopefully, well, in New Hope we are I do have some wizards. But, but uh, we, we're not, we are dealing with people with cold hearts. And, and the love of Christ is what touches their hearts and melts that heart. And is the way that we're living touching them and melting them and in, in reaching people? Another thing we mentioned, several people mentioned, is Preserves. Salt preserves. There was no refrigerators in Jesus' day, very little ice that they had access to. They had to use salt to keep meat from rotting. Some of you are hunters and and, and have used this to out on hunting trails. You take it doesn't take much, right? Jeff doesn't have much salt to uh, to preserve meat. It just takes a little bit for a large quantity of meat. It just takes a little bit of salt. But what what it does is it keeps it from rotting. And that's what we as Christians are supposed to do the same for our world. We're supposed to slow down the decay of a fallen world. The world, those who have been around in our country know what has happened to our world. We are rotting as a country. right? We're in decay. But we as Christians should be the salt that slows down that decay in a fallen world. But we can only preserve if we, have, if we come into contact with the meat. We have to come in contact. We have to go places where we don't want to be. We have to be in contact with, with a lot of smelly, <laughs> you know, putrid situations, don't we? If we want to stop that decay, that's where God calls us, and that's what we have to do. And we take there's two mistakes that Christians make, I believe that we make as Christians. One is that we separate ourselves; we don't make any contact with the meat. I remember when I was a youth pastor, and I was one of the churches I was at. It was. A, a pretty sheltered group. And I remember saying, we have to, you know, want, we have, want to start reaching out and witnessing to, to our non-Christian friends. And one of the kids raised his hand. He was just being honest. He said, I don't know any non-Christians. And, and, and it was great because he really wanted to get to know them. And he ended up leading people to Christ. It ended up being a great story. But, but there's a lot of times we can, even as, even here, we can just kind of get into our little Christian ghettos, right? And, and just kind of not have any contact with non-Christians. It's very important that we make that contact one way or another. But the other mistake is we become like the world, we we lose our saltiness. We become just like the world. We we lose our impact. Not only do we know non Christians, we become like the non Christians. You know, we become like our friends who are non Christians. Instead of helping them become like Christ or being drawn to Christ, we become just like them, which is is very dangerous too. Right? We slowly become desensitized because of who we hang out with. We become desensitized to sin and and, and what's going on. When I I have some eye pressure, I have a Pigmentary glaucoma, which is um, when you're extremely nearsighted, the pigment wears off on your eyes, and it plugs up the filters. And as a result, I get a high pressure. I have to use drops to keep the pressure down on my eyes. I had them for a long time. But when I go in, I'll never forget when I first started going in for these pressure checks, I'd go in, and they'd put some drops in my eyes. And then uh, then there would be a blue light right on my eye, and they would say, okay, does that bother you? I'm like, does what bother me? They said, well, the lens that's sitting on your eye. I went, what? They go, yeah, we got a tool. They, 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 would, they had things stuck on my eyeballs attacking my pressure. I had no idea because of the, the, the drops that they put in made my eyes numb. They desensitized. And the same thing happens for us, doesn't it? If we're not careful, we, become, we get the same spiritual eyedrops. We become very desensitized to, to what 's going on we we start to watch things on on TV or in movies you know just things that we can 't it 's unbelievable that we 're watching sexual situations come into mind we We start to buy the the world 's lies in many ways i 'll use a couple of lightning uh, lightning hot spots with, with abortion. We, we start to see it as political or no big deal instead of realizing what it really is. We see homosexuality as, well, you know, I, I have a, a friend who's homosexual and, you know, I I shouldn't criticize and we gotta be tolerant. We can't say, I'm, I'm not saying be mean or bully or any of that, but, but to speak the truth and love to our friends, right? Uh, that's our, that's, that's very, very important. Or, or with divorce, we say, well, you know, uh, I'm hitting them all today, uh, we, with divorce. I, I have people come to me and say, I'm going I'm to divorce my spouse. And I say, well, why? And, and there's no biblical grounds. There's no unfaithfulness. There's no abandonment. You know, there are some biblical grounds that you, you could argue for. And uh, I said, there's no biblical grounds. You just don't, you just don't, well, yeah, but I'm just not in love with this person anymore. Or they're mean to me, you know, or they're, or the, we're, they're, it's just, emotional reasons and, and all my Christian and they'll tell me all my Christian friends are telling me leave the bomber leave that woman you don't need her anymore leave that guy and and all my Christian friends are you're the only one who's telling me I I, I shouldn't I said I'm not telling you it's Jesus says it but, but we, we become desensitized don't we and, and I, don't, I know a lot of us have struggled with all those things I just brought up. That's not to make anybody feel better. You know, we, you, know, you know what our church is like. It's all about mercy and grace. But these are these are just examples of what has changed in our society. Remember, there was a time when when things were very different, and we looked at these things differently. But we have to be careful. We don't become with the same attitudes, with the same, fall into the same sins and become like the world. Very, very important that we, we keep that in mind. Because both are very negative. I see many Christians... Out of touch with the world, but also just as many that are just like the world. Are we living in a Christian ghetto? Are we living in a, a, a monastery? Or are we worldly Christians? We, nobody even knows we're a Christian. We're like undercover Christians. Are we, we become so much like the world? Or are we helping to preserve this country? Are we helping to slow down the decay? It's not a popular job, is it? When you first put salt on something, what does it do? It burns. It burns. It's abrasive. Salt burns. But, but if, in order to bring healing, which we'll talk about a little later, or in order to, um, well, it? in order to bring healing, it's got to burn first. The salt has to hit that infection and burn. That's what it takes first. And it's not fun doing it, is it? I know as a pastor in this community, you can imagine how often I burn people. You know, if, if I'm going to say something that needs to be said, speak the truth in love. But it doesn't matter how much love you speak it, it burns. And, and it's hard to play that role, isn't it? It's hard to be that person. But it's very important that we're salt and that we help slow the decay and we help preserve our country. Very important. Something a little easier to do is the flavor. Preserve it are also flavors. Salt brings out the full flavor of the food. It doesn't change the taste. It just brings out the full flavor. It makes it taste the best that it can. That's what salt does. Whatever it is, the dish, it brings out, makes it taste the best that it can. Do we as Christians do that? Do we show people how good life can be? Do we show them how to live that full, abundant life, to live the ultimate life that God wants us all to live? That's what we should be doing, right? I know some Christians, nobody here, but I, I've seen Christians in the past that are so miserable as Christians, I can't imagine anybody want to be like them, you know? And there are times when I'm pretty miserable too, and I gotta, am I being, am I showing people anything different here? Or, are, are, are many of, if we don't living any different than the world, why would they want to be like us? If we, if we are under a lot of stress and we handle stress just like the world does, why would, you know, you know, if we if we self medicate and we turn to, to you know, alcohol and we turn to, you know, worldly entertainment, we turn to all those other things to to self medicate that stress, why would what are we showing people? If if we're going through a trial and a lot of us are going through trials, if we go through a trial and we, we crash just like the world crashes and we turn to the world for answers during that crash time, what are what are we doing? And and, and isn't that a temptation for all of us? But that's the difference. If, if people see us under stress, they see us, and not say we don't blow it at times, but they see us under stress, they see us going through trials, and they see how we handle it through Jesus Christ. That's what draws people, that's what flavors, that's what makes people want what we have. And that's the, the, another thing that it does. Salt also creates a thirst and a craving for more. If you eat something salty, what do you want to do then? You want to drink something, right? Because you, you, got, you, need, you need more liquid. And that's the whole point. We make them thirsty for the living water. Also, it makes a craving. If you eat something salty, usually what do you want more of? Whatever you just ate. Think of pistachios. I, I don't eat pistachios anymore, but I remember when I first started eating pistachios years ago... I couldn't stop eating. If I ate one, I had to have a whole bag full. Right? In fact, I know someone, a friend, actually someone related to. He ate so many pistachios, he had to get his stomach pumped at the hospital. How how could you do that? Well, it's because they're addicting, right? You know, and you have one, you got to have a bag, and a second bag, and 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 that's what that's what salt does. It creates that craving, you want more. That's why they put it on chips and they put it on other things that aren't really healthy for us, but it it creates the desire for more and more and more. But that's what our lives should do. Our lives should make people want to see more of Jesus Christ, want to be like us because we're like Jesus Christ. They should draw people into wanting to be like us. Remember the uh, back when Michael Jordan was very famous? Everybody wanted to be like Mike. Remember that? Be like Mike, be like Mike. Mostly, the younger kids are like, "Who's Michael Jordan?" Well, he was very big at one time, and, and everybody's everybody be like Mike. That, that's what we want the people to want to be like us. Do our lives attract other people? Are we a good friend? The kind of friend people really want because they know we can they can trust us. We're not going to stab them in the back. Are we honest at school or at our workplace? Are we honest? We have an integrity at our workplace that people want to hire us or, or or see the difference in us. Do Young men, do, do dads want you to date their daughters? <laughs> hmm? That's what we should be like, you know. Uh, in, in teachers, do teachers want you in class? Coaches, do they say, I wish I had a old team just like you? Do they talk about you like that or, or think about That's what we should be. We should be that kind of a person that creates a thirst and a craving for Jesus Christ. And also, the last usage that I want to talk about is for Fertilizer. Fertilizer, the right amount of salt. Too much salt destroys soil. That remember they used to sprinkle, throw salt on land if they wanted to. They invaded the Assyrians would throw it all over the the Palestinian Jewish people's lands, so they could never grow anything. Too much salt destroys, but salt in just the right amount helps soil to grow the crops. It's actually very very helpful. There are, in fact, with snow there are nitrates, natural nitrates in snow. gets it out of the air. They drop it down. And I remember when I grew up on the farm and the we would get snow, the late snow, sometimes in April and May where I grew up in Buffalo area, we'd get very late snows. And my dad we you know, it was just before planting time, if we got a late snow that just surprises he was always really excited because he said, Snow is the poor man's fertilizer. And it's true, it would help the crops very, very much. And so it's actually a, a positive, it's good. That's why actually in, in the parallel passage in Luke fourteen thirty four, Jesus said, if you lose its saltiness, it's not fit for soil or the manure pile. And he's talking about it's not fit for soil as a fertilizer or for the manure pile, which is, once again, another fertilizer. Believe me, I've spent a lot of, fur- a lot of that on manure. Uh, and, and that it works, it works as a fertilizer. But he gives a warning in verse 13 too. He says, If the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. To be trampled by men. He says, it's the warning that if it loses its saltiness, it's no longer good for anything that's thrown out and walked on is what he's talking about. Now, salt is a stable compound. That means it can't lose its saltiness. Salt cannot decay. So what is Jesus talking about? I'm sure he knew that. He's the Son of God. He created salt, right? But what he's talking about is this: is in, in the New Testament times, much of the salt that they used was came from salt marshes. Salt marshes. And as a result, the salt water, and then they would boil it down to get the salt, had many, many impurities in it. Sometimes it was only half salt. It was half salt and half many other minerals and junk was mixed into it. And what they would do is they would buy the salt in Jesus' time, and they knew exactly what he was talking about. They would buy the salt, and they wouldn't just put it in the salt shaker and shake it out like we do today. They would buy it, and they would have to leach the good salt out of it. They would take the real salt, and what they would be left with is this other gooky, mineral, saltyish material that wasn't pure, that they didn't want in their food or, or anywhere. They would take that, and they would actually take that, and they would take it up on their roof, because people used to hang out on their roofs back then, the flat roofs of the house. They'd put it on the roof of the house and walk on it. They'd use it as a natural sidewalk, or they would take it out to the path in front of the house, and they would spread it out and walk on that. that that's... that's worthless salty material they would use that to walk on it was like a natural sidewalk for them and that's what Jesus is talking about and he's saying if we don't fulfill our function as salt we're not the pure salt remember the pure salt we're not that pure salt if we don't fulfill this function of salt if we don't preserve if we don't flavor if we don't melt if we don't create a thirst if we don't fertilize then we are worthless to God the Father And if that happens, we're not even worth putting on the manure pile. And you can put just about anything on a manure pile, believe me, Uh, anything. He's saying that's how worthless you are. You're not even worth the manure pile. How about us today? Are we salty? How is God speaking to us this morning from this verse? Where is he calling us? Think about where is he? The Holy Spirit's talking to every one of us. Differently, isn't he? Where is he calling us to preserve, to flavor, to melt, to fertilize, to create a thirst in others? Usually right where we are, isn't it? It's right where we are. Our neighborhood, our town, our workplace, our school, our team with the friends that we're friends with. Sometimes he calls us to step out. To where we're not as comfortable. Might be going down to Philly with an inner-city ministry. Might be getting involved in politics. Might be in the school. There's a lot of different committees, and several people here are involved in committees really making a difference in the schools. Maybe it's in the media, getting involved in the media. Christians have pulled out of there. Maybe there's special needs. Uh, There's some kind of a mission trip or or helping. Kim has been talking about doing a mission trip with um, the whole sex slave industry. She's looked at a couple different possibilities of Going and taking a group to help these poor girls that are being sold as sex slaves all over the world and here. Here. In the United States. But maybe God's calling you to be salt and light in some way. Maybe he's convicting us this morning about our lack of saltiness. Maybe we've been living a compromised life. Romans 12.2. In Romans 12.2 says... Look, we'll start with verse 2 where it says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Maybe we've been conformed to the world in some way. Becoming like the world. He says, don't be conformed. But you look back to verse 1, which is right before that, which is really good. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. We're to be living sacrifices. And, and a sacrifice, <clears throat> the whole point is there is we have to be willing to be Sacrificed. And to live that life of sacrifice, we have to be willing to be poured out and, and to rubbed into the meat and into the into the society that we're in and into difficult situations. We have to be willing to live that kind of life. And also another parallel verse I want to just read to you real quick, talking about sacrifices. Leviticus two thirteen says this. Leviticus two thirteen says, "Season all your grain offerings with salt. Do not leave the salt of the covenant of your God out of your grain offering and." S- Add salt to all your offerings. The offerings had salt, and there's a there's a connection here with with Matthew five thirteen, Romans twelve two, living sacrifices. But part of being a living sacrifice is we need to be the salt that Jesus is talking about here. I was reading a great little devotional I get on the line, and I forwarded this to you guys before. Uh, David Jeremiah, turning point. He says this. This is really really good. What he I just. Grabbed this one, held on to it. He says, America's most recent Medal of Honor winner, Sergeant Dakota Meyer, was responsible for rescuing nearly three dozen comrades during the 2009 battle in Afghanistan. Over a six-hour period, he made five different trips into harm's way under gunfire to rescue wounded and fallen soldiers. After the conflict, reflecting on what he had done, Then Corporal Meyer stated, I didn't think I was going to die. I knew I was. That attitude, setting out expecting to die, is a heroic one when it comes to military conflict, but this has a parallel in the spiritual realm that is expected of every Christian death to self when we choose to follow Christ as his disciple. Paul expresses the idea best in Romans 12.1 when he talks about presenting ourselves as a living sacrifice to God. We live, yet we live as those who have died to sin, self, and the system of this world. I'm going to read that sentence again. We live, yet we live as those who have died to self, sin, and the system of this world. How is God speaking to us about being a sacrifice of salt for Jesus Christ? Maybe you're here today and you've never acted on Jesus Christ's sacrifice. You've never given your life to Jesus Christ who has sacrificed himself. One other thing that salt does, and I mentioned it real quickly, was that it heals. It heals. But before it heals, if you've ever had a cut and you've gone in the ocean, what does it do? it burns it really burns that's what salt does it hits the it hits the cut spot i remember when i was in israel and we went to the dead sea and at the dead sea you can you go to the dead sea and i don't know if they still do this but but when I went, you could go into this like a spa kind of a place, and they have all this mud dredged up from the, the Dead Sea, and it's supposed to like heal your arthritis and make you feel better and rejuvenate you, and, and everybody was glopping this on their, you know, arms and legs and hurt spots, and, and I thought I'd have some fun, so I, I did it head to toe. You know, I started at the top, I just covered myself with this... Salty mud, head to toe. I look great. I got some great pictures if you want to see them. And, uh, and it was, we were having a good time doing this. I was, I was like, I'm going to be all better. But what I forgot is I had shaved that morning. And I have very sensitive skin. When I shave, I bleed, you know. And so I, I had a lot of, you know, just you couldn't see the blood. But, you know, whenever I shave, but I, 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 my pores open. And, and about five minutes after this, I really regretted putting this mud on. I felt like my face was on fire. So I went out to the, we're in the, standing in the dead sea in salty water. And I'm splashing it on, getting it off, getting it off, getting it off,
1: burning more
0: and more and more. Because it's salty. You know, you can't even, you'd lay down and just float. You couldn't even sink in this water. It was just salt water, right? And it burned. But it burned. But it, but that's the whole point though. The salt water burns. But if you have a cut, it heals it too. And that's what happens when we come to Jesus Christ. We come with cuts. We come with many self-inflicted wounds because of our sin, because of our rebellion against God. And when the word of God first hits us, the words of Christ first hit us, and we realize what, what he's all about and what we're all about, it burns. And a lot of people go running, don't they? But if we stay there and let the words of Christ touch our hearts, the burning turns to healing as we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Have you ever come to Christ for that healing and put your faith in Jesus Christ? John 3.16. I can't imagine you don't have that memorized here yet. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? and received eternal life, asking him to forgive your sins, and turn away from those sins, and repent of those sins, and ask him to forgive you, and put your faith in Jesus Christ, his death on that cross, his sacrifice in our place. Have you ever taken that step? Let's pray. As we go to this time of prayer, let's take some time to talk to God, each one of us. Maybe you're here today, and you've never acted on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Maybe the Holy Spirit's really talking to you about what he's done for us, how he died for us in our place, for our sin, so that we could be forgiven. And by faith, can have a relationship with his Father? Have you ever taken that step? I encourage you to pray that prayer right now. Just talk to God in your heart right now. Just say, God, I come to you covered with sin, covered with wounds, covered with garbage, covered with Disgusting mud. My heart is dark, but I'm asking for forgiveness. I turn away from that sin. I turn away from my past life, and I want to be washed clean. Please forgive me. Make me a new person in Jesus Christ. I believe He died for me on that cross. I believe He came back from the dead for me so that I could live a new life put my faith in Jesus. I give my life to Jesus Christ. If you've taken that step of faith this morning, I want to encourage you to let somebody know. Maybe you came with a friend, let them know. Tell me on the way out. Fill out the card, stick it in the box. Send me an email call. I love getting those emails and calls because I want to be able to encourage you and be excited for you and help you to grow closer to Christ. For those of us who have already put our faith in Christ, how is His Spirit speaking to us this morning? Where is He calling us? Who is He calling us to? In what way is He convicting us? Will we ask Him for His mercy and grace and, and the help to become the ultimate person that He's called us to be, to reach our full spiritual potential, touching many, many lives? Maybe we've lost our saltiness and God's speaking to us about becoming really salty again. What do we need to surrender in order for him to use us that way? And as we finish this time of prayer, I want to encourage every time you use salt or taste salt to remember that you, we are that salt. Remember you, 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 you. (laughs) We are that salt. How does God want us to use, use us to preserve and to heal and to melt and to flavor and to create a thirst? And to, How does he want to use us? Father, I pray for this church. I pray for each one of us, individually and as a church body, that we would be salt in a tough place to be salt. Help us to speak the truth in love and to live out the love of Jesus Christ. And most of all, Lord, in so many ways we've lost our saltiness. I pray that you would help us to surrender whatever it is so that we could reach our full potential for Jesus Christ, our full calling, would achieve our total anointing that you've given each one of us. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.